0: Cast. many people say that music is a universal language if that's the case i would like to use music as a platform to talk about health my name is dr Moshe lewis and i'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains our bodies and our well-being we'll be discussing topics that affect all of us from mental health to body image cancer screening to stroke our health is truly our greatest asset Hopefully these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I am more than excited to be up in the house with After Seven with all of their award winning songs, with all that they continue to do. And we get to talk about the future and sort of what this summer and this year is looking like for this group. And it's simply amazing. I can't wait for you all to hear from them themselves. It is just a pleasure that I think rarely do we have a treat so wonderful. So without trying to beat around the bush, I want to jump right in. I'm gonna start with Gavon and we're gonna work our way round Robin. You gotta tell us, let's just dial back a little bit to to Indianapolis and and growing up in the home with the family, the Edmonds family and sort of how all this came to be because you all just seem to weak and live music from your very fiber of every being you have. And I know Melvin said that too.
1: It's really kind of crazy as I look back. I mean, there was always music of some sort, of playing in our household. Uh, my father had a great love for music, and so did my mother. Uh, when you say that, and you remind me of some of the conversations that Melvin uh, had shared previous. Uh, I think uh, with uh, one of your ex- executive producers, Isaac. You know, um, was that um, uh, when we were younger, my father used to have a, a tape recorder. And he would just fool around with it. He let us fool around on it and just talking to it or maybe even sing or something like that. And some of the stuff was Dumbo Elephant, Dumbo. I mean, there were recordings of us doing stuff like that. So really early on, that kind of stuff was going on. So there was an affinity, whether we realized or not, that we were developing, a, uh, and didn't even know it, but about, about recording even. But um. It was always music, some some of it was jazz, some of it was blues, and back when there were 78s, so I don't know if you know anything about that. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could say I
0: was too young to know,
1: but I do know. <laughs> so, 78s, wax and 33 LPs and so on and so forth that used to play. And, uh, of course, my mother was also a, a, a lover of music and she'd sing in the church choir and stuff. But uh, it was really, it had a lot to do with, um, I think my older brothers, Melvin and Marvin bring music home because they were the big teenagers. They were the hip, cool guys.
0: Wow. And,
1: and they kind of knew what was going on in the music scene and they would bring their little 40, 45s on up to home and would play them and so on. But it was really, Melvin was the, he was the one who brought the idea of live entertainment live performance into our household. Prior to that, it was just music you heard on a, you know, uh, on the stereo or uh, on a phonograph or anything like that. But it was Melvin who really developed a penchant and a love for live performance. And I have no idea where it came from other than the fact it was something that was in him. Uh And really kind of having the chance to witness or experience seeing what he was doing at the age of 15 and 16 years old, having his own self-contained band. Like, you know, who does that? Where did that come from? You know, my father didn't teach him, my mother didn't, hey, this is what you, no, it was was none of that. It was just something that was in him. So he really was the one who really opened the door for both Kenny and myself. And I'll say that I had other brothers uh, also who were musicians, you know, who played the bass. Just, there was, Maybe
0: something in the water, I don't know. Right, right. Keith, who would you say are just some, and I'm sure there's a list, who are some of your inspirations, who are some of your musical inspirations, Keith, as you were were growing up and and starting to get into the sound?
2: Well, I think it it started because my mom was a, a missionary at a young age, so she spent, you know, pools of hours in the church and working with the church and communities around Indianapolis, so we automatically, uh, four kids, my brother and two older sisters were kind of dragged into uh, being a part of that, and in and around that, of course, was the gospel and the choirs, and um, the, the, the four of us, we formed a little singing group from a uh, church called Zion Tavern. I mean, uh, uh, the Stars of Zion. And um, that's where I got my first introduction into really singing and performing with the family. But uh, outside of that, my mom, of course, was uh, drawn to R&B music, gospel music. We listened to, uh, uh, what's this guy, uh, Cleveland. Um, James. Big... James Cleveland. Was it James Cleveland? Mm-hmm. James Cleveland, yeah, yeah. So he was bombed in the household, um, but eventually that got me into, in and near the young adult choir at the Zion Tabernacle in Indianapolis. And, you know, I think around the age of 13, I ended up in the Indianapolis Mass Choir, um, which was an adult choir, but I had put so much time in um, with the choirs that I was associated with, the young adult choir at Zion Tabernacle, you know they pull me into that so that's where i got my early experiences and get got associated with harmonies um and had a love and affinity for harmony for sure and uh but the the, the influences probably uh would would go broader into james brown um gosh uh temptations oj's dramatics um uh, You know, uh, Black Ivory was a a trio group that just reeled me in. And uh, so it was was really the stand-up male vocal groups that stood out and what caught my eye. Never really thought of myself as having the opportunity to get where After 7 has taken us because we, of course, didn't have any idea of how to get there. And out of Indianapolis, the only music outside of what was brought into the house was, you know, we had WIFE radio in Indianapolis. There was no American R&B stations when we were kids, you know, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. now it wasn't going down like that. But we, we would listen to the radio, drawn to the radio, but the influences weren't there for us. But after we got to be teenagers, you know, the R&B kind of stepped into the ears and, you know, we gravitated to it and that's where I fell in love with music and walking to school, singing singing songs. And my friends would say, boy, you can't sing. What are you doing? You can't sing, man, just shut up. And it's not like you run around trying to sing to, to make a statement. It's just something that was in you and you just love melody and love making sounds. And it's just, it's crazy. It was, it was a great experience to, to come from that to 32 years in this business. It's like, I could have never have saw where this success in music would have taken.
0: Sure. And that's a great transition to Daniel. Could you have ever imagined in your wildest dreams, what, what were some of those dreams of either making it yourself or trying to join a group and and just sort of take us through that experience in, in your eyes because I know obviously you're the youngest person but it's just it, it almost seems like it could be a dream come true but but tell us how you
3: think of it. Yeah. No, you, said it. you said no you said it one one hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Um <clears throat> and not even trying to force it. It's uh you know you know uh music has just kind of been one of those things where it started off as a love, then it became therapy, then it became a career. And when it became a career, you know, I was looking up to people like, you know, Kevon, Keith, Melvin. I was looking up to people like, you know, uh, Main Condition, baby Face, all these, all these people that I grew up listening to um, where I was always chasing the goosebumps. You know, I wanted, I wanted to feel that goosebumps. I was, I was always trying to find the songs that would give me that. Um, and, you know, yeah, I guess the inspiration then developed into, I wanna be able to give people goosebumps too one day. Um, and I, I remember telling Kevon this, where um, back in college, uh, I went to Berkeley College of Music, uh, graduated 2004. And back then, they would have a big showcase where it was called a singer showcase. And I remember talking to some cats like, look, there's this song, we gotta do it. I've, I was always already into After Seven. They were musical influences. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, I, I need somebody to sing this song with me, but who's gonna do Kevon's part? Because yeah, I ain't trying to do it. <laughs> and you already know Kevon, his stratosphere mm-hmm. but um. But, you know, um, funny how um, fake works because I was never able to find that uh, duo partner or, or, or group that would want to emulate, you know, a song. And the song was taking my time, by the way. Um, but, um, but what do you call it? I could never find the group of guys that would want to tackle that and, you know, stronghold the audience. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and little did I know God was preparing me in such a way that, you know, years later, I'm a part of After Seven, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it like, in hindsight, when you look back, you know, it it just kinda, yeah, this is one of those, what you call it, a miracle, a dream come true, you know, all of that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, basically every day, that it, there's not a day that goes by where I'm like, kind of like, okay, you know, don't don't get too excited. <laughs> you know, is this for real? Like, you know what I mean? No, this is for real, for real. So, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that these guys just opened their arms out to me and, and, you know, and they're coaching and they're, you know, teaching me things that they've been in the, the game for so long or whatever to help me to, I mean, you know, just kind of, you know, Well, I mean, for me, it's more like to, um, what do you call that? Uh, As a soldier, you know what I'm saying? You kind of in line, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I I can't, they can't be pulling dead weight kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm doing my part to make sure, you know, but um, not to say that I'm dead weight. You know, they... They've been that that great to me, so.
0: Right, right, definitely. Um, Your latest song is a tribute to Melvin. Let's just talk a bit about that. So many people now are are losing uh, family members, loved ones, and things like that. Um, Just going through that, I think, what words, what inspiration would you give? um, This one can be for Kavan regarding just, just losing somebody so close in, and trying to figure out how to best uh, memorialize them, remember them, love them, and, and cherish who they are. What what words would you have um, for people at this time who may be going through something similar to what you all went through not that long ago?
1: Well, um, uh, I think I would share with you much in the same way I think that uh, I know uh, my friend Keith would share, and that is that, you know, first, we have, we have a strong love for God and, and just we know who is in control. And that's part of uh, um, how, you, how you are able to kind of get through, is knowing that God is in control. And at the end of the day, he has the final say-so whatever is going on. You know, he, he already knows how this all plays out, but it's about having faith and, and, and believing. Um, and we all have to go this pathway. Nobody, nobody's gonna stick around here for forever and we just don't know when our time is going to be but it, it is a, it's, it's a matter of those people um, who have lost loved ones in this time I know it's a difficult it's a very difficult space and I know it several times over with siblings and with, with parents that um, um, you have to know that um, they're a are in a better place, that, that that is my belief. I believe that all, all those who I've lost are, are in a better place right now. And I believe that we're never really disconnected. I think that, um, I believe that they know what's going on here with us, even though they're in a different space in a different plane, they know what's going on here with us. And, and I believe that, My brother, my my, my mother, father, and my other brother Marvin—they're smiling right now on us. Uh, When I think about—I think about my brother Marvin. He used to tell me, "Boy, you need to sing country." I don't know what you—you know. Now, who—who would ever think that we need to be singing country? But he was such a—you, my oldest brother was a country fan. He was a Garth Brooks and Toby Keith fan. I'm like, get out of here with this. But he may have had a point. I don't know. R&B is what we love but there was always a love of music in my family different different levels and so on and so forth but we're we're fortunate to have the time that we have with the ones that we love and we should never take that for granted and and hopefully that um, when it's their time you know that you've done all that you can do Uh, when God calls you home there's there's not much else that you can do, but just to uh, try to be strong and continue to move forward. That's what we have to do Um, because there are others, generally there are others who uh, are feeling the way that you are feeling. And someone has to be strong. We have to continue to move forward. Um, And I think that's what we've done. That's what we wanted to do with with this project, especially for Melvin, because uh, he was such an integral part of this group, establishing who we were, <laughs> excuse me, and and creating a signature sound. And that um, Keith and I always knew we weren't really ready to move forward and record again without Melvin. So that's what brought about the timeless record, because he agreed to let's do this again. Um, And though he's not here with us physically right now, he is here with us in spirit. um, We found a way to continue to memorialize him in this project, this unfinished business. And uh, I think we all feel proud about the fact that this—you know, my brother, the soul dog, the one who uh, held it down—just you know, um, never, uh, never wishy-washy about anything. He let you know how he felt. He was straight with it always. but uh, he was genuine you know he loved what he did uh, he singing was uh, was really his life he loved it so much that was you, you could take everything else away let me go in here and sing y'all y'all do what y'all gonna do but I'm gonna go ahead and sing and that was my brother belt all day long and uh, we miss him but I know he's he's smiling on us and for those people who've lost others they're still with you they still know that you're here and they're they're, they're doing God's work and they're, they're, they're praying for you and pulling for you, and uh, uh, just hoping that you, you'll, you'll pull through through this, uh, this time uh, without,
0: I believe. Keith, talk to us about this project, um, Bittersweet in particular. I mean, the music is incredible. The words are so meaningful, and the way that you all started that was an amazing tribute to Melvin. As I was sharing with you all before we got going, just reading um, the tributes, reading the comments—I mean, it was honestly a pleasure. So often, you're a little bit, you're a little bit afraid to read some comments that people may see uh, or may say, especially on the internet these days. But um, talk to me about what the what the what this means to you, and and sort of what you why you felt this was a really great you know uh, song to lead off with.
2: Well. First of all, we were blessed to have that opportunity to meet the young writers. Uh, We haven't met Jay Cash, but uh, the the writers, we met them on Zoom. So it was a very unique recording scenario for this song because they were out on the West Coast and we were in Atlanta. But uh, we were really blessed to be introduced to them through Stokely uh, and a young man, uh, one of Kevon's good friends, Al Madison. Madison uh hooked us up with these young people and they they sent us like five songs we listened to the songs uh but the bittersweet the message that uh they had written that's what it really stood out to all three of us i mean we all listened to the five records individually and collectively and we all kind of had a unanimous consent yeah came to the table with a great uh, presentation of expression of how they felt that after seven could do this song, they were really, really excited to do the song with us, and uh, so it was almost at a point where we weren't going to do the song, and we were going. Kevin was like, "Okay, I think we got enough songs. We got ten songs. We probably should just shut it down." And uh, a few weeks went by after he and I had that conversation. I came back to Kevin and I said, "Hey, man." I think the young people would feel it because of the beat. They would be surprised that that was after Seventh singing. And it, I think if you read all the comments, you didn't heard a little bit of everything about who they think it is, Usher. They right. thought it was women. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy, who the interpretation. And we kind of thought that would happen because the beat was so hip and new and fresh. But uh, long story short, that song uh, open open up a door to get us to a younger listener. And in music, just like in the gospel, in the church, new blood, new ears. That's what it's about. That's, that's what gives you longevity is that you can go down and get new fans that may be younger and you teach them and guide them, they come into the fold, they get exposed to the gospel. They were after seven fans who had been after seven fans for 30 years. So, you know, we we were excited about the record when the record company chose it. It wasn't our choice for it to be the first single. You know, the label came and said, I, I think it should be sweet. We was like, well, we was thinking about, uh, no no it's bittersweet bittersweet so you know we just fold it and the rest is history (laughs) well it's a
0: great transition for um daniel because you're classically trained you know i know you just took that little berkeley in there but uh but i'm very familiar with that um on the east coast we got to represent um because you kind of represent the epitome of this where you had followed like you said the group and had been singing this type of music but tell me sort of what it meant to you in terms of just being able to bring some of that new type of sound sort of into uh, a very very well polished group
3: uh uh uh, let me just say the pressure of the (laughs) zone um because you know there's one thing that i've that i've there's uh being a working musician and just kind of being a studio geek you know in the background or whatever i've learned that there's a difference between a singer and a recording artist and for years that was just kind of an enigma that i was trying to tinker with until i was in the studio with legendary you know producers and you know like daryl simmons or you know legendary singers like uh, philip bailey you know so you know, to watch them do what they do, it was like, oh, I get it now. And it took, and it took some time for me to really understand people like, you know, After Seven and how they approach a song. But but my interpretation of that is what I brought to the table. You know, sweating bullets. But you know, um, you know, after that first song that we did in the studio. I, I got I got the thumbs up and that meant a lot. So I was just like, okay, cool. So all that I've learned over the years is time to apply it. Cause I I thought that I needed to be like, you know, ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> all this stuff or whatever. But um, it takes away from the story, it takes away from the the expression of where you're trying to go. And you know, these guys are already masters of that. So I was just following their lead, and you know, I, I, I would like to say that I'm a fast learner, especially when it's something that I love to do. So you know, I was soaking in every bit of information I could while we were in studio um, from Keith, from Kevon, and um, and I applied it as fast as as fast as I could. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, I want to hit on one of those terms because when everybody found out we were doing this, I mean, I started getting my own comments and the romance. Um, being able to still couch it in the church, but you guys look great. You guys are in shape. The choreography—just let me—I'll sort of back it to Keith. Talk to us just a little bit about that because the polish you mentioned groups like The Temptations—I didn't lose that reference either. You all not only just in terms of bringing it back, but just continuing to try to elevate style performance. Daniel said the same thing too. You know, excellent. And really trying to bring it and represent. Talk to me just about that. You said it too. Thirty years in the business and really trying to hold on to what many of us call quality.
2: Well, I think it goes back to the the basic premise that what we do is entertain. And when you when when you're an entertainer, it's it's your job to captivate a viewer through what they see visually, what they hear with the audio. Um, It's the presentation, it's the present. And what has gotten lost over the more recent years with uh, uh, the hip hop form of music and the rap music is the presentation and the hard work that goes into entertainment. So it's one thing to be an an individual, come out on stage, stand, walk from left to right and sing. But if you don't have Whitney Houston type music, you know, it's hard to captivate an audience to keep them locked on you. And every artist doesn't have that level of talent like her. But uh, for After Seven, we were influenced by standard male vocal groups uh, in a big way. And so that's all we knew. And so once we branded ourselves in the business, um, and the name of After 7 had a lot to do kind of with how we, the clothes, the fashion, uh, classiness of our approach, uh, match the music, and so we, we just worked hard at uh, putting the choreography with the music and in our choreography, we try to bring forth the message in the music through the choreography. So not just do a move, but we trying to take essence from the meaning of the words and Use visual representation of choreography to express that through the music, through the vocals, through the lyrics to the listener, and that is entertainment. It's just like when you go to Broadway; you're captivated at Broadway by the, the, the sensationalism of the actors, all the the bright lights, the bright color, voices that ring out. You know, the music is there. Sometimes it's music, sometimes it's not but you're captivated by all this movement that you see. And so it's important that that is a staple of what we brought to the table. But as we we grow and we evolve, we're trying to still bring you some of that old, but yet we're trying also to not do all of it. We're not trying to stay in that segment of time. We're trying to bring it forward where we've, you know, if you come to our shows now, we used to use microphone stands a lot. Now we're getting away from the microphone stands and having more freedom. Still flowing, still expressing, but using some of the more young approaches, but putting our touch and our spin on it. But it, it, it's absolutely important and we love doing it. I mean, it's it's tough work. <laughs> because you- you, know, <laughs> you
0: said it work, <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, it, it's work, it's, it is oh, work. No shame.
0: Kaban, um, this is for you, and I'm just going to be blunt. Um, I'd be remiss to the sisters if I didn't ask, how does he stay so young? How do you stay hip? How do you keep in step? <laughs> they want the secret. You don't have to give me all of them, but just give them just a few, just a few trinkets because they were like, I do not believe this. Uh, what I am doing, how <laughs> do do it? So wow. maybe, maybe just give them a sprinkle sprinkle
1: uh sprinkle sprinkle oh golly Uh, you know um i think it has a lot to do with being grateful for what you have uh being able to be happy i'm a happy person right now you know i've got a beautiful wife a beautiful daughter all of these things that that really uh that make you make me a better person. I have, I have a wonderful home life, and that home life, that personal life, and uh, and my relationship with God—all of those things are things that just uh, bless me tremendously. And uh, I, I could tell you, years back, when I wasn't doing. Some of the things that I really love to do, I will tell you that I probably looked older when I was younger. But as I've gotten older and found more, the one thing that is so difficult to, to hold on to is peace. When you can find peace in the midst of all the crazy that goes on, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, it's transformative transforming and, and um, I'm no Benjamin Button, but, I, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I'm happy, you know, um, I can definitely, uh, I definitely learned to eat better, uh, uh, exercise a little more than I had been recently, but um, uh, understanding that you, you need to take time for yourself uh, to not be afraid to push the stop button, the pause, and uh, and have in uh, a reflection a meditative moment for yourself. You're entitled to that. Everyone should give themselves that moment uh, each day if you can. And th- these are, uh, uh, I can tell you, I know these two other guys know how stressful it gets out here, and we rip and we run, and but you know. Uh, 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 we, are, we as, as Danny referenced, we're soldiers. We feel like we are soldiers and we are here and we're not going to stop until the job is done. We're called on to do something you can trust and believe that a, we are a reliable source when it comes to doing what it is we do as far as entertainment because it's important to us. So I feel very fulfilled. Uh, I feel very, very grateful. Grateful for what I have. I'm not worried about what I don't just grateful for what I do have and that God has blessed us tremendously that we are we're sitting here having a conversation with you about an album that we had the opportunity to record during a very tumultuous and chaotic time in all of our lives in in this world and that we had the we had the ability to go into a studio and record I think I believe what is some of the best music in our lives. Uh, And I really do love this project, Unfinished Business. Um, Ladies, I could lose some weight to face a little fat. I'm working on it. It it, it can get better. I'm working on it, that's all I'll tell
0: you. (laughs) Um, Daniel, and I know you're newer to it, but health is so important and so integral in this group. Um, talk to me about one of the projects that's near and dear to your heart and certainly we'll um, get to the others as well. But um, I'd just love to hear because it's so rare that it's so intertwined within a group beyond just, as Kevin was talking about, in his life. Uh, talk to me about one of those.
3: I'm sorry, one more time. <laughs> you
0: know, the health project, like what's one of the ones that, that you find near and dear to your heart? And I know the, the group has been involved in a couple of big health projects. Is there one that you've begun to be involved in or heard about or that you really are impressed or interested in?
3: Um, Health project. Uh, I, I can't I can't recall a health project that I've been a part of, but um, it was one of my actual dreams and it was through the group that I was able to fulfill this and I will fulfill it more in my life um, but we were able to go to a women's shelter um, as of recently where I would I would say that involves mental health in some sense um, but these women um, were you know um, you know women that just uh, needed a little cheering up during Mother's day and we went there we gave them some roses we you know saying to them or whatever and um, you know i believe that um uh, a food was provided to them by a restaurant you know like they've been they were really taken care of over there um it opened my eyes in some sense or whatever where i know that acts of service is is needed out here uh, more than just doing this music thing you know what i mean um i mean the doing the music thing is a gateway, you know, it opens the door to be able to do things like this. But, you know, once you have it, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you use that power? And I think that's something that I want to dive into more, you know, the act of service to, um, to, um, I guess be there for, for, uh, people in a healthy way, you know?
0: Absolutely. No, I think that's exactly one of the things I wanted to talk about, because that's not something you see as often And as you all were all saying, we were sort of coming through COVID. You guys had a big project you're working on as well. It is um, more than a blessing to others to reach out in a relatively anonymous, quiet, you know, big fanfare way to some of those that are um, in greater need. And um, I was just so inspired. I wanted to make sure we brought that out. Um, yeah. Keith, because you've been with the group, you know, uh, so, like I said, over three decades now. Um, in terms of how health became so important, and um, what are some of the beginnings of that, and, and why it's sort of part of literally um, the message that you all bring.
3: I see health. Um, oh, this this is the
2: key. Um, health is an absolute uh, something that all individuals, I think that uh, when we were kids and we would take gym class, uh, they never told us that exercise is something that you never walk away from. Um, you know, you take gym class and you'd be running to get your clothes back on and running away, you know, just to go out and play. But what I've learned is that the fountain of youth is an exercise. Um, and personally because I work so much I have so much activity you know I burn a high amount of calories uh, from week to week um, and I don't overeat I I do eat pretty much what I want but there are some things that I've taken out of my diet to maintain good health I've been a you know voice in my, even though my mother has passed and uh, uh, my older sister has passed, I would often be in their ears telling them, you know, it's okay to be a prayer warrior. It's okay to learn scripture, but it's also important to take care of this vessel because without the vessel, that spirit, the God in you has no place to dwell. And so I think people over time our lives get so uh taken up by all of the activities and we don't put enough emphasis on uh taking care of ourselves uh parents uh you know are forced to work so much to do the things to take care of their kids uh and your mind is captured into doing all these other things but it is it is gravely important to keep exercise in your life because you know your heart is a muscle, it's tissue. So you have to do vigorating things. Your respiratory system needs to work. You know, when you just come home from work and you sit down and I'm tired. No, it has to become a lifestyle. You know, taking care of the body, taking care of God's temple, giving your spirit the opportunity to, to, to be there, to do the mission that God has for your life. And I I think that what you see with me and Kevon is, is, is a pure thing that it's part of our lifestyles, how we eat, how we exercise, how we stay active mentally and physically is some of how we're able to do what we do. And, you know, I just hope that we can continue to be a part and be an accolade, be a, a bullhorn uh, for people in our age group for sure to put put yourself first, put your health first. Um, and as you get older, you know, you got more time. So that's, you can't wait till you get old to do it, but you got to find a way to put exercise, taking care of yourself, eating properly, somewhere at the top of your list. And that's kind of what we've done since we started in the business. I mean, we we ran, we exercised, we we, we took care of ourselves. So we're advocates for it. And if there anything that we can do continuously as we move forward and be um, um, people that can speak on it, we're here to donate our time and uh, efforts to uh, get other people to do what we do.
0: Sure. I love that. Um, Kavan, the show is called uh, Music and Medicine. And some may even say music is medicine or music as medicine. What is it? What does it mean to you in terms of your life and, and the group and, and music um, and, and your career? Because they seem so intertwined with the way that you take care of yourself and carry yourself and all that you give.
1: Yeah, it is. um, Yeah, uh, music and medicine. Music is medicine. It's 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 all combined. I do believe. I think that. um, Wow, it was uh, it was the one thing. It was the one thing that I knew through music. I was what my purpose was. Um, This gift that I have. Um, to sing I didn't purchase it didn't go buy, didn't it, it, it was here I didn't it was in me from the very beginning I just didn't really tap into it and understand it uh, a course was already set for me there was a pathway that was set for me I just had to open my eyes and understand what I was what I was purposed and called to do and music was the vehicle and I didn't really realize just how important that was. It took it took time. I mean, always I was like Keith. Now, I didn't know Keith when we were younger. When he was doing what he was doing, I can tell you, I was... Here, I'm, I'm going to take you back. You see Libby, Libby, Libby on the label, label, label. You will like it, like it, like it on the table, table, table. Mm-hmm. These are the songs that we used to sing. They were just commercials. I just loved the melody. And people thought I was, what's wrong with this dude? What's
0: wrong? No, he's no <laughs> He might need yeah. some medicine.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but it, it didn't matter to me because there was a love there. Music was important. Music was important to me uh, when I was in uh, middle school, and I just I can recall songs that I used to sing and uh, and that a, a music teacher thought that well, there's something about you, and I didn't know exactly what that was, but they had pointed it out but time went by and it just really didn't tap into just how important music would be in my life and how much how much therapy it has been because there are times and I'm sure each one of these individuals will let you know that even even in the midst of what may be perceived as great success here there are tremendous challenges uh, in this industry uh, and um it is uh, the music. Uh, it is the music that be- becomes the therapy. It helps you work your way through some of the more difficult times that you have to deal with in this business. It's it's uh, it's no it's no plaything, and although it looks like it's oh fun and oh lights and song and oh the ladies and all, all you know all, all the little trappings really kind of become distractions. They become distractions on the way to what it is you're called to do, and music is that thing that would pull me through sometimes uh, when it when it felt like uh, things were closing in, felt like um, you had enough of this this business, if you will, and and, and I do know that my brother felt that many times. And there were times that I felt that too, and, and and it was the love of music kind of kind of brought it back into focus, you know. Just uh, I thought there were times, quite honest. I thought there were times. I, I probably said, "Yeah, he was whining." I thought there were times that I was through with this. Trust me, but music was not through with me, and I did I didn't realize that I just how important. Uh, uh, how important music has been in terms of of being uh, part of the fabric of my life. Uh, It it has been a tremendous vehicle for me, uh, a wonderful uh, uh, healing uh, uh, part of my life that I don't think there's anything else that would ever do for me what music has done for me. And uh, I'm grateful, I'm grateful because I know the importance and the value of how music can impact and affect others in a positive way. I'm grateful that the songs that we sing have positive messages. I'm grateful that these songs move people in a positive way, that it impacts people's lives in a way that Oftentimes we were approached by people who have fallen in love with that music, not just cause they just love the music, but because it uh, there was an arrow that hit them. And it, it, it struck them in such a way that uh, helped them carry on, helped them pull through, helped keep a family together and you know, We don't know all the ways that many people can experience this music, but I'm just glad that the kind of music that we sing about, what we sing about is love and romance and relationships and different little parts of life. But it's, we're always coming from a, 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 in, in as much as we can, a positive perspective. You know, love, we believe, rules the day. And if you can tap into that through music, um, I always feel like you're gonna find your way through to where it is you're getting to, and oftentimes people walk, wake up with our music, go to sleep with our music, clean the house with our music. I mean, there's so many, and, and, and that is, and that is, that is, that can be a Saturday morning therapy thing, just to get you through, because we oftentimes we don't, we have no clue about what anyone is going through. And this can, this can be medicine oftentimes for people. Um, and I do know, uh, I do know a personal story where I know there was a lady who was in the hospital who um, really just had to have her after seven music every day to, 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 to lift her spirits and get her through, I need my after seven. And when you hear stories like that, you know, um, it touches you, but you also know, guess what? We must be doing
0: it right thing Yeah, no, that's simply amazing. Yeah, well, you've heard it here. I mean, this is a group that not only lives uh, what they sing about, but really believes uh, in their heart that their music does serve as medicine, and we've certainly seen it. Um, that story is amazing to hear that someone wanted to make sure that that was the type of music they heard. And I love that it is clean, um, that it's something that can cover the generations, um, and that's something you can be okay if your kids listening to this. I think it's so important, and yet, you will have the insight, the wisdom, and the willingness to sort of continue to make it current and add some of those elements. So um, I can't wait to see you all when you all are out this way. Um, I'm gonna let the last um, words be with Daniel. Tell us about some of the cities that you'll be going to and and some of the things that you're up to and where we can find you.
3: Um, The cities that we're going to, first we're going to Nashville on Friday. Friday we have a a nice show over there. Um, And then um, Chicago is on the 22nd. And then uh, Philadelphia. Is on the 31st at the Dell Theater. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 no, it is on, <laughs> it is on the 5th. Oh my God, yeah. the 31st is our rehearsal. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, yeah, uh, we got some more dates coming up, uh, solidified in, in some ways, and um, you know, they wanna drop the ball right now but um what y'all can do to keep up is you can follow us on instagram twitter facebook even the website and the handle is after seven music that's at after seven music you can't miss it so you can go there you can order the album now you can get your cd copy as well from instagram you go to instagram the bio you click the link and it'll take you everywhere you need to go to get that album to stream that album i can't wait for y'all to hear it Yeah,
0: i love it this has been so wonderful saying thank you the words are not even close to expressing our love of gratitude not only for everything you all shared today but just just that walk with the lord i mean we touched on it and we might as well you know end on that type of note literally it is clear not only in your presentation but that you're not afraid or ashamed to say that we really are trying to do what we feel we've been called to do and to help and heal people through music and to also set an example and that's okay we don't mind being role models and we're trying our best we're not perfect and we're all trying to learn and we're all trying to grow in him but i i really i thank each and every one of you thank you keith thank you daniel thank you Um, your manager for setting us up, Chris Bridges, and um, we look forward to seeing you. We'll definitely catch you on this side for sure. If we don't catch you uh, in ATL, where we love to be anyway. And um, thanks so much. Anything that anybody wants to say before we say adieu? Oh, thank you.
1: No, we, we want to say thank you for having us. Uh, I think uh, this mission that you have as uh, Music and Medicine is, is a wonderful mission to uh, continue to have outreach uh, there are many people who are in need, and you're addressing some of those matters. And, and we spoke about that earlier. Um, you have to have a, a strong spirit, like you do, and uh, um, a wonderful way with the way that you communicate. So, uh, thank you for having us. We do appreciate the having the opportunity to speak with you today.
0: Thanks so much. Yes, I did. Yeah. Thanks again. I really appreciate everybody's time. I'm Dr. Moshe Lewis. Thanks again to After 7 for giving us time, sharing, and taking time out of their day to sort of make all of our lives and our days just that much more wonderful simply by being in your presence. Thanks.
1: Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electricast. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My
3: name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh,
0: got this Dad. No, that's my dad.
3: My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels.